you guys are on the One More Idea podcast. Thank you so much for coming back. Uh, let's jump right in. Yeah. So this is Michael Moore here. I'm Mike DeLuna. And, you know, we believe, uh, just like Thomas Edison says, you know, I have not failed. I found 10,000 ways that won't work. Yeah. All he needed was that one more idea of encouragement, of breakthrough, of whatever it was that helped him discover the light bulb. And that's what we're here to help you guys do today is yeah. uh, to help you have your aha light bulb moment. So, Absolutely. Um, why don't we just go ahead and jump in? Um, I wanted to do our blitz idea with a couple of things. And the first thing was a question yeah. uh, that I wanted to throw your way. And, um, you know, let's say you, and on my other podcast, which was called, uh, Oh my gosh, I forgot the name. Of, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the name of my other podcast. Uh-oh. Uh, the Bright Side. Yeah. The Bright Side podcast. So, I used to ask this question, you know, uh, and I believe that the quality of your question determines the quality of the, your answers. Yeah. So, if you're trying to find an answer to some of life's toughest questions, um, or some of life's toughest situations, you need to ask really good questions because oh, yeah. here's what happens. Our mind races to find a solution. Yeah. So here's the yeah. question for you and you guys today is uh, what, when you see somebody going down a really bad, just negative path, what are some things that you can do or what's the best uh, step towards helping them to change? Yeah, um, man, you know, honestly, I think that people, for one, you have to, you have to admit to yourself that you have a problem in the first place and that you want to change. I think that's a, a standard uh, first question of like a 12-step program. Not that I've ever done one before, but I do have friends that have recovered through situations in life. And, and the first thing that you have to do is recognize that you have a problem and that you need change, for one. Uh, you know, you can spend hours and hours uh, working on someone, trying to convince them to do something different or have a bigger mindset or whatever you want to call it. But if they don't um, make up in their mind that they they uh, accept that or they want that, you're going to be, like, really beating your head against the wall. So, you know, let's just hypothetically say, since you brought the question up, that someone does say, you know, I, I'm seeking change. I'm really looking, I want to do something different. This year is going to be the year, you know, being that we're still sort of in the new years kind of, I think, I think one thing that we preach and talk about a lot on this show is replacing negative habits with positive habits and then stacking them until eventually your negative habits are, you know, they kind of, they kind of go away or they're not as uh, potent. And number two, I would say self-talk. Uh, what, what do you tell yourself? Like, what are you telling yourself right now? Like when you see yourself in the mirror, are you encouraging yourself? Or are you thinking negative thoughts about how bad your nose looks? Or man, I hate my eyes, you know, oh, I hate my facial hair. Um, you know, I hate these gray hairs in my head. Or are you embracing who you are and realizing that we're, we're all flawed and we all can use some change and encouragement? And finally, number three, man, uh, you know, I I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but th this podcast is meant to be motivating and life changing. So mm -hmm. listen to something positive. Listen to replace the, the negative media. I mean, we kind of see what's going on in the world right. right now. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't at least be up to speed with current events. But, man, replace some of that stuff with a, a podcast like this or YouTube or look up positive quotes, which is sometimes what we throw out at, at you. But, um, man, those that's my three little ways I feel like somebody can uh, start to embrace change. 
So here is a really cool quote that we'll go into. One way to define wisdom is the ability to see into the future. So uh, the consequences of the choices in the present. So this, this is a defining quality of wisdom. You're able to look upstream, see into the future, and what you're able to see is the consequences of your choices in the present. So that's just a blitz idea I wanted to throw out there. Yeah. Wow. So, so man, that's powerful. Um, I, I heard it a different way put that, like, in leadership, a good leader is able to see the obstacles and the challenges that are already here without you even um, kind of like uh, being able to game plan and to uh, f- come up with s- solutions before there's a problem. And um, I think that that's kind of what that's saying. Uh, but if you just break that down into like just normal day life, I think what it really is saying is that what you're doing right now is affecting you in the future, whether you see it or not. But a good person, a good leader, someone prepared for life will already um, have these expectations of what the things you're doing, your habits today are actually causing, whether it's good or bad. And, and just so you know, there, there's a flip side of that coin. It's, it's not just negative. Like the good things that you're planning today, like if you stop drinking a Coke, you know, 190 calories. If you take that out of your diet today and do it for the next, you know, two or three months, then, you know, at the end of the year, you're going to see a result. You know, Mike, I'm going to say this, the hardest thing for the little bitty things in life, like the little, like the can of Coke or maybe the 30 minutes extra in the gym is that you don't see immediate results from it. Like if I go work out tonight, I'm not going to see, like, I'm not going to be ripped, but one time, but if I do it consistently over the next year, then you're going to see those compounding results from doing that over and over again. So anyway. Well, that's – I heard Craig Shell talk about, uh, you know, why is it so hard to start a good habit versus a bad habit? Mm-hmm. Typically bad habits, we see the effect immediately, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but good habits, things like losing weight or yeah. – exercising is so hard because or maybe even money management um, things like learning education they're so hard because you don't see the result immediately good habits take time and you see the result after a long while of committing to it nonstop. so that's there's another blitz idea for you guys but why why don't we jump into the uh, the big idea and um, so there's a book that I've started reading. I know I sent it to you, yeah. and uh, it's really good. And the the name of it is by it's by Michael Hyatt and Megan Hyatt Miller, uh, which I believe is his daughter. And it's is called "When It Works, Succeed at Life." So when it work and succeed at life. I just ordered that yesterday, man. It should be here today. So he talks about how you know there's this stigma and he uses the this example just to kind of like summarize of like you know he had this job that he was trying to take to the next level his like their sales and and um their profit and everything and he told his boss I'll make this happen in 3 years well within those 3 years he worked long hours he uh work most likely worked on vacations like when he came home he was constantly thinking about work and and he easily probably put like 80 plus hours you know bare minimum into his job Mm -hmm. you know and uh ended up at the end of i think two years is is how long it took him to reach that goal uh got a bonus check and his bonus check was more than the amount of money that he makes annually like in a year um, just in one check. And he went home to celebrate and to tell his wife about it. And she said, wow, that's so cool. 
I'm, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. We need to talk. <laughs> and, um, having a wife when she says that is kind of, <laughs> it's like, uh Oh, I'm sleeping on the couch now. <laughs> but, uh, she said, you know, I'm so proud of you and, uh, so appreciative that you're making this money for our family and providing for us. You know, this is great. And, and like, you should be doing that, but you're working so much that you're never home. And even when you are home, you're not home mentally. And, uh, you know, your daughters need you, you're missing their life. They're missing your life. And, uh, you know, I need you and I can't do this alone. I literally feel like a single mom trying to raise these kids. And, uh, so that's the premise of the book is like, how do we succeed at work and at life, you know, home life, especially because if you're doing really good in the workplace, but your home life is suffering, you know, uh, that's not true. In my opinion, and kind of what he lays out in this book, true success is not only, succeeding at the workplace, but it's also at the home place. And I'll tell you one more thing. I had a guy, uh, they used to go to church with, he wanted to meet with me just kind of disciple me and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he gave me an evangelism book. And then I'll never forget, uh, this was before I was married and everything. He said, make your home and being a husband, your biggest ministry, because the mistake that I made is what he's telling me. He's a way older gentleman. Mm-hmm. He said, I spent hardly any time at home and I missed my son's lives. You know, it it like flashed before my eyes and I made a ton of money, but I was just never home. And and I wish that I could go back and redo it because I would have, I guess in his mind succeeded at not only work, but at life too. So what what are your thoughts? That's awesome. Well, for one, I appreciate the, the reference on that book, man. I ordered it yesterday and I tracked it this morning and it should be here today. So, um, that's a that's an awesome um, for one to have someone and you know to encourage you with different books and that's one thing that we do a lot here. Uh, I met somebody yesterday and I was telling her about all the books I read and she's like, "Wow, so you you seem to read a lot of books." And the truth is, or she said, "You have a lot of time." Truth is, I don't have a lot of time to read, but it's almost like one of those things like giving or tithing, like you know, you can't afford to not do it. So um, reading is just so, so imperative to, to gain in a different perspective. So I'm looking forward to the book, but Michael told me a little bit about it yesterday. And ever since then, I started thinking about this work-life balance. And, you know, I think everybody's looking for that elusive, like middle of the line, like this is where you have to be. You should work this many hours and you should, you know, the truth is, is that I think we were talking about this in my small group the other day is that there are some people that work so many hours a week and it's not that they're chasing the money or it's not that they're intentionally trying to like ignore their family but sometimes and here's an aha for you sometimes you're doing something to to um stop from having to focus on something else so so um it doesn't mean that they're a bad parent it doesn't mean they're a bad husband it's just that maybe they're dealing with some things internally like for me we talk about grief in my in my my uh my small group and so uh, one person said i worked during my grieving period i worked 80 hours a week so um I, I, you know you may look at him and say well you're neglecting something else because you're spending so much time at work but his mindset was it keeps me from thinking about my loved one that has passed away so i think for one 
if you're dealing with someone, this is not a therapy show, but this is some good advice. If you're not, if you're dealing with somebody that's working consistently so much and you're, that's your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever, then you may need to check and see if their motivation is just providing for you. That's why they're doing it. They're, they want to get to the next level and work and they're not realizing they're neglecting their family or if they're dealing with something bigger than what you can see. Uh, man, there's, again, people do other things to get their mind off of things that they're they're hurting or going through some things. So don't always assume that they're just intentionally trying to neglect you or your family. They might be dealing with deeper issues. But, man, I'm looking forward to this book. I'm looking forward to diving into it because me personally, I do work a whole lot, and but I do – like make time for things like this it's very important so if you put in your schedule and if you live by a schedule you have time to do both you can do your family there's no excuse to not come to church because you're too busy i had to work during the church time if you block it off and if you live by that schedule you can you'll you'll realize that you wasted more time not having a good schedule than than having more time to allocate to things that's important so that's my take so far on it yeah, and you know, this show is all about helping people to get that idea. Yeah. So may, maybe, you know, there's somebody who they're, they, they're doing great in the workplace, yeah. but they're not doing good in the home place. Or maybe it's flipped. Maybe they're doing good in the home place and they're not doing good in the workplace. True. You know, so uh, like we've talked about a ton of ideas on how to do good in the workplace. And I, I truly do feel like we've given people like up to this point, you know, if they were to go listen to all of our podcasts, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, just a ton of really, really solid ideas. And I'm not just saying that like boast, boasting, I'm just saying like, I, these are all resources that we found and stuff that we want to give to you guys. So you can have that idea that gives you breakthrough. But I really think that this is kind of a shift because, you know, I heard once it was a really good sermon or no, I believe it was John Maxwell. He was talking about success. Somebody asked him, well, what, what is success? You know, or he asked somebody and they said, well, making a lot of money. Yeah. And he said, that's not necessarily success. And we talked about, I believe one of the first three episodes, we talked about the dashboard oh, yeah. Yeah. and how, you know, success is defined by more, you know, in this is my understanding more than just, you know, the money that you make. And even with the money that you make, let's say, okay, you do make a lot of money. Well, is it just a lot of money or have you invested? Do you have multiple streams of income? Yeah. You know, are you looking at stocks and like, cause there's always a next level, you know, we've never fully arrived, uh, but success is more than just the money that we make. And I believe that this book really can help with that perspective because, you know, um, it, it's more than just like succeeding in home life too. It's let's say that you have a great marriage, you have a great family, you have a great job, you, you make good money, but you're just wore out and just missing something. You know, well, maybe you're not getting enough sleep. Yeah. Maybe you're not in good health. And again, in, in the book, he talks about this guy who it was pretty much just that situation. And he had a heart attack pretty much, or just like had heart problems and stuff. Wow. But it's because he didn't ever focus on what he ate. He just ate whatever, didn't ever exercise, wasn't healthy. So it's it's more than just, it's like a big, it's like John Maxwell talks about the spokes. You know, like life is this wheel that's constantly going. We're constantly moving one time. And on each spoke of that wheel, each area that holds that wheel together so that it, it drives smoothly, 
is like you know your education which is the same as a dashboard yeah. it's your health it's it's your mental spiritual it's like your uh your financial it's you have all these areas that make up you know the spokes of the tire yeah. that if if they're all and i believe it's john maxwell talks about you know if they're not all at a 10 you need to do everything that you can within your ability to get them up to a 10 so that you have a smooth ride through life and that's what i believe that's what this whole book and this whole big idea kind of reminds me of is that john maxwell book and he yeah. he talks about it there's a leadership 101 or like a, he has a 101 series and it is a gold mine of ideas that that is wow. like yeah you were telling my about secret that. Yeah. weapon yeah yeah <laughs> of like getting out of the funk in life you well, know you know, I, you know i'm gonna ask you a question i'll just jump in uh is it is it possible and i guess it could be but what's your take on this can can you have a successful work life without having a successful home life and i and i say that that if you if you interview america's top executives that work 80 hours a week and they have a home life too and you ask them hey what are you know what does your day to day look like what's your morning look like what does your evening look like when do you see the family how much time do you spend with your kids and and get a real depiction of their life my opinion is very difficult to have to be truly happy in one and and not be happy in the other like if you make a lot of money but you you've neglected your family um how happy are you truly if if on the flip side you're at home and you're a great parent you're a great dad you're a great husband great wife but you're flat broke i mean how happy are you you know so it kind of to me they both kind of feed on each other and and my second point is this i'm just going to throw a word out there that i use a lot of and that word is purposeful and so here's the thing, you know, here's some tips for you. Just again, some ideas that do you have to wait till Valentine's day to do something special for someone that you love? Do you have to wait for an anniversary? Uh, one, one way to improve home life and one way to improve work life. And we talked about this yesterday is do some things at your job. That's just not your job description. Do something that is outside of the norm. Like, you know, you see trash, pick it up. Maybe you're not the janitor, but it's all of our responsibility to keep the place clean. Well, what about home? So, okay, well, you know what? I'm just going to go home and I'm, I'm a guy and I'm just like going to go clean the house. Maybe something I, I don't normally do. Maybe I'm going to make sure I take the trash out before somebody yells at me, uh, kids that are watching. Something to that effect. But if you, if you are more purposeful with the categories that Michael was just saying, your health life. Okay, let's be more purposeful with health. So can I wake up 30 minutes earlier every single day and maybe take that 30 minutes to exercise? Maybe jog, maybe get on a treadmill, maybe hit the gym maybe just do some push-ups for 30 minutes sit-ups can you do that of course you can you can wake up 30 minutes earlier can i wake up 30 minutes earlier and read one chapter of this book that michael's talking about yes you can it's it's the implement uh, um to implement it that actually is the hardest part i think it's like we know what we need to do we know we should uh spend more time and, and let me just say this, I've been guilty of this. And one of my f dear friends that is a, a mega superstar real estate agent and his phone never stops ringing. And he told me, he said, you know, when I realized that I had a problem, 
And I said, when? And again, this goes back to what Michael asked me earlier. You got to admit you have a problem first before you can start working on a solution. He said, I knew I had a problem when my wife, I was looking through the family photo book and we were at Disney and every single picture I was in, I was like this with my cell phone or I was behind a trash can trying to hide. And he said, another thing that I do a lot of is I would, when I go on trips with my wife, he said, I would make sure she brings a really good book because I know she's going to need to read that because I'm always occupied with my business. And he said, that's when I realized I had a big problem. And so he, since then, he's come up with solutions. He has assistants, he has admins, he has other people that handle a lot of his work to where he literally can say, I'm forwarding my phone to you for two days. I trust that you're empowered to make decisions. Mm. I'm spending time with my wife and I'm going to be all in with her. I'm not going to be answering my phone. So anyway, it's so good. It's just an idea, man. Hey, so I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I was taking notes about an idea that I had and you kind of, you gave us a Ted talk here for a second. <laughs> that was a very good Ted talk. <laughs> Applause for Mike. Uh, seriously though. But in the book, you're going to love this book because every, that last thing that you just talked about. Okay. He talked to a psychiatrist or a, th a therapist, counselor, and the, um, his wife was going to counseling and basically said, we're going to get counseling together. Yeah. And he was dragging his feet. He wouldn't go. And finally he went and it t uh, his, his counselor was just asking him well, these questions like, well, answer this. If you were to go on a vacation, can you not work? And, and he began to think and ask him another question. Uh, how about when you go home? It, when you're in the evenings, can you stop working at the house? And then he starts to just cry because he knew that he was the problem. Mm -hmm. And um, so he talked about how he started to try it. Like his counselor was like, hey, how about you go on vacation without thinking or working, uh, thinking about work or without working? How about, you know, uh, when you're home in the evenings, you if, if it's not done at work, you don't do it at work or you don't do it at the house. You you leave work at work, and when you're home, you're home with the kids, you're home with the wife, just like what you're saying. Right. And here's what he said. When he set those boundaries, uh, he, he said, you know, you end up finding ways to get work done at the workplace differently than you would before. Because when you set those parameters of like, okay, when I go home, work is done. Well, then your mind is like, okay, I have to get work done before I go home. Yeah. So you begin to develop people, like you're saying, empower people who you normally wouldn't have, and you begin to find ways to streamline, to get things done and, and to figure out how like, okay, if I'm going to be home at this time and I have from this hour to this hour to get all this work done, if it's not done today, it has to be done tomorrow or I have to delegate and get help to get this stuff done. And there's, there's ways to still accomplish what you want to accomplish without burning out your family. But you know, it, it's, I've experienced when my home life is a 10 you know, my work life is a 15, yeah. but when my home life is like a four or a five, you know, my work life is like a negative 15. It, it like just enhance, it can only enhance and make your work life better when your home life is, is top notch. Wow. So that's my Ted talk. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll say this. And it go, again, it goes back to that word purposeful. So, okay. So if you know that you have to finish, you know, you have a certain amount of time at work, then how many, you know, how many coffee breaks are you going to take? How many smoke breaks are you going to take? How many restroom breaks are you going to take? 
you know, how many uh, stops at the water cooler are you going to have with your other employees there that are talking about how, you know, negative this place is? Or, you know, what, what you start finding yourself when you live in the land of being purposeful is that you realize you only have a certain amount of time to do a certain task, and that's it. Because once you get home, your cell phone gets turned off, your, or, you know, whatever, you forward your calls to whomever you've delegated to do that, and you're all in with the family, or you're all in on a vacation, or you're all in at the gym. Like, I've seen gym, I'm, I work out at uh, the World's Gym in Bowman, and I see guys literally, they're on their phones or they're sitting around, and if you're going to the gym to hang out and socialize, that's fine, that's up to you. But my whole mindset is that I can get done in 30 minutes what some people might do in an hour because I'm purposeful. I'm purposeful at work to where I can get an eight-hour day done in four hours. I'm purposeful at home where I can focus on a task at home because I'm not answering my phone or I'm not on the computer checking emails while I should be doing the task at the house. And, you know, I keep the house tidy. So I say all that to say that when you're at work, be all in and purposeful at work. When you're at home, be all in and purposeful at home. And what you're going to start seeing is that what you focus on is going to start expanding. So if you're focusing on your relationship, it expands. If you're focusing on your business, it expands. If you're focused on working out, it expands. So everything that you really are all in, and, and guys and, and ladies, we all know when we're really being purposeful. Mm -hmm. If like I'll, I'll just say something real quick. Like the set that Michael put together here, is purposeful like we could have just like not had a banner we could have just put some microphones together or just used our cell phone and recorded this podcast and it would have it would have been acceptable but michael went above and beyond because i know him to be a very purposeful person and made it you know a, a legit professional set so we do that on the music team we do that uh, with with everything you do if Again, we even prepare for this. We're purposeful with this because we just had a conversation yesterday about, okay, how can we make it more efficient? How can we make it flow better? How can we make the agenda something more that's purposeful for people that are really going to tune in and, and be life-changing? So, man, if you're not doing that with every single thing about efficiency, how can you get better? Then I feel like that's where you need to start. Oh, man. <clears throat> so here's my final thoughts, because you, you just said something. Uh, why, and here's my thought, why are, are not, why don't more people think like that? And here's, and think like what, what, like what am I talking about? This uh, pursuit of always getting better at things. I was talking to my wife about it. I was like, I just, I can't help I'm always trying to get better, no matter what I'm doing. And it's kind of like, I feel, I had somebody explain it to me like this. When we live life, it's kind of like a car. Okay, you have neutral, and then you have reverse, and then you have drive. And then even with drive, some cars have different gears, right? So it's like, uh, and I naturally have always been like this, but he explained it like, when you feel like you're in neutral, you got to be really, really, really focused on knowing that you're in neutral and then do everything that you can to shift up into drive so that you're moving forward, you know, but what happens if you're in neutral, sometimes you'll start to slip into reverse and then you're moving backwards. And that's real important for addicts, especially too, to know, because sometimes it's, it's hard, like addicts need to know like triggers. Okay. They have like the halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So if they're hungry, trigger, 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 
if they're angry, trigger, trigger, trigger. And sometimes it's all of them, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. (laughs) You know, well, what do you do? How do you navigate life? Because it's not just addicts. I I believe that's most people like hangry, (laughs) you know, hungry and angry, but then lonely. Sometimes we get lonely and that all of these things, these emotions and these situations can trigger things. Well, maybe that's the reason why in my mind, I, I, in, in my life, I've come up with this, you know, just this habit of, and maybe that's what it is. It's just a habit. There, people aren't in the habit of like constantly getting better. And the biggest, I'll tell you the biggest, uh, compliment that like, I just love to hear is, wow, man, you've really gotten so much better at that. You know, uh, and it doesn't matter what it is when I hear that, like whether it's with music, with cooking, with exercise, it is like the biggest compliment. Like I've been exercising a lot. You know what I've been hearing a lot? Wow, man, have you been exercising? And to me, that is proof that people see that I'm growing and maybe it's like this deep seated thing that I have on the inside of me. I don't know what it is, but why aren't more people like that, Mike? And I'm curious on your thoughts. Um, so yeah, that's that's a really good question, and honestly, I've I've tried to uncover that, the answer to that question for a long, long time because my job in the natural world is to uh, build teams and to help keep them motivated and help them grow businesses to be able to feed their family and to be able to hit some goals that they personally have, and and so. I've spent hours dissecting, breaking down, you know, um, the human mind, basically. Like, why do some people, you know, why are some people just immensely successful and other people are, you know, just kind of middle of the line? And then there's other people that are just bottom feeders, if you will. Like, what what is that? And then I start looking at everything from demographics to where they live at to where their upbringing was and you know gender does it have anything to do with being a male or female and man honestly you know I think it all comes back um, to to one or two things and those one or two things are that I'll say this I I don't think people celebrate the the small victories enough so I'm I'm gonna say that again you know, on the road to success, you're going to have some, some failures. You're going to have a lot of failures, actually. And you're going to have some successes, though. But I think what we do is we, when we get to that part where we're, we're successful, like, let, give me an example. Let's say I've lost 10 pounds, but I need to lose 20 more. Losing 10 pounds is not something that you should overlook. You shouldn't say it's not a big deal. It's no big deal. Like it's only 10 pounds. Or if somebody like sung a song at church and nailed it, but they still felt like I could have did better. It doesn't matter. You at that moment, you should celebrate your small victory. And and you should say, you know what? I might not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Yeah. And and because what happens is if you keep looking at that long term goal as something that's elusive and you'll never get there, then the problem is, is that whenever you take those baby steps and you start saying, I am getting better, though, you won't you won't take time to say, congratulations, Mike, you did a great job. Now, what's next? What's the next step? So so I say that to say this is that. I'm the type of person, and I know Michael is too, that if I'm putting together, if I'm building um, a model plane and it's Legos, if I if I put the wing together, I'm going to be like, wow, that's pretty awesome. 
I got so much more to go, but so far it's coming along really nice. Then when I get the fuselage together, I'm going to be like, wow, man, it's starting to look like an airplane. And finally, when I get to the end and it's a completed airplane, I can, I can wow at my accomplishment. But the whole time I'm doing it, for me, seeing something go from just little blocks to a, a masterpiece, that drives me. So I'll say this. When you ask why are some people just successful and other people are not, for me, I'm going to start by saying what he asked me a minute ago or that quote he just said is that I can see the future as it is today, and I know that I'm just working towards it. So I think if you don't have the vision, then that's where I think some people are not as successful because they don't know, number one, when they've arrived because you don't have a vision. You don't know where you're going. And number two is that they don't take enough time to appreciate the, the journey. It's not the destination. It's along the way. Because honestly, as we're living life and every day that comes and goes and we learn something and we lose something and we gain something and so on and so on, that is that is another page in your story, in your autobiography. We all have autobiographies, and I've said this before. So... I love reading autobiographies. It's about somebody's life and their struggles and their passion and the things they've overcome. And that, that encourages me. Well, we're writing our own biography, autobiography right now. And so I always say this, guys, and you've heard me say it before. If you don't like the story, write, uh, change it. You know, write another, write another chapter that's a little more pleasurable than the last one. But we control that. Even negative things, we control how we respond that's to so it. so good. Yeah, we do. You so, were the author of your life. Yeah, I mean, Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith, but you, you do have choices that you can make, you know, to live the life that you want to live. And that, that reminds me of an amazing book. Uh, I, I think you're still on a roll, so I'll let you finish <laughs> no, and then no, I'll no. talk. No, 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 go ahead, man. You can uh, I'm going to jump in. Jump then. in yeah. <laughs> so there's a book, uh, called the traveler's gift. Mm -hmm. Okay. By Andy Andrews. And it is, probably one of the most amazing life-changing books I've ever read. But in the beginning of it, he, he asked this question. He says, okay, is life just a, uh, a lottery ticket that like some people win and some people lose, or are there decisions that we can make to live the life that we want to live? Tell me that's not a good question. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's the biggest question. Somebody, I mean, I'm just, I feel like somebody, is watching this and they're just on the verge of like, they just, they needed to hear this man because, yeah. because let me tell you something. It does not matter your situation. It doesn't matter your upbringing. It doesn't matter how much money your parents had. It doesn't matter your education. If you make the decision to do something different in your life, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And that sounds generic. That sounds so basic. Like I can do it. You can do it. It's all about the choices and the decisions and the seeds that you plant today. I, I teach this in my in my trainings that everything is planting a seed, cultivating it, and reaping the harvest. Every go back to your relationship. So, okay, you plant a seed, you cultivate it. Which cultivating means you take your lady out on a date, you tell her she looks good today, you compliment you. Ha, you know that's cultivate. That's nourishing a relationship. The harvest is that you know you look up and you're 85 years old and she's still with you because you've taken good care of, of of the blessing that you were given okay let's talk about finances planting a seed 
we talk about that in church as okay i'm going to give to the church i'm going to plant my tithe i'm going to get my tithes and and so in that is you know um where are you planting the seed nonprofit organizations or are you buying clothes every time you get paid or are you giving it to somebody in, in need and the harvest is obviously you know in god's word it talks about uh blessing us where our cup runs over over full so i say all that to say that if you go back to the the theory of planting seed um nourishing it or cultivating in the and harvesting it it changes your mindset on okay if i'm in a bad situation what's the first thing i need to do i need to plant a seed okay what does that look like in your life michael just gave you great books that you can read that's one thing you can do to plant a seed in your mind and say i'm changing the way i think i'm changing the way i see things and we're about to close in a minute and michael's going to give us an excellent quote from albert einstein that i think sums up our podcast today but you have to change the way you think if you're going to change your future. Yeah, and <clears throat> Albert Einstein says uh, uh, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking that we use when we created them. So when we encounter these these problems and these situations in life, one of the biggest uh, things I ever learned was that, you know, don't look at things in life like they're problems. They're opportunities. Absolutely. And I remember I was in a car when somebody told me that, and I was like, what on earth? What opportunity? And he's like, yeah, an opportunity for you to find a solution. And it was such a different way of thinking because a lot of times we just think like problem, problem, yeah. problem, 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 you know, negative, 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 negative. And it's like, well, hold up. You know, there is such a different way to approach life. You can truly live life however you want to live it. Yeah. And if you want to live life, I think this is one of the greatest. I never understood this when I used to hear it growing up. Do you look at life like the glass is half empty yeah. or half full? Yeah. And there is a way to look at life where it's half full. What does that mean? Half full is a positive outlook. Half empty is a negative outlook. So if you look at life in every situation that is half empty, you're already like um, depleted. You're already like negative connotations. Like life's throwing me lemons. Oh man, now life is bad. Yeah. You know, or if you look at life like, wow, that's a lemon. Well, I was talking to somebody like there's this whole thing with vehicles. You know, he bought this vehicle that he had to keep putting in the shop. And we're talking about lemons. You know, I had a vehicle that I had to keep putting in the shop, you know, that I got it. But I had the warranty and they fixed it. We're talking about how, you know, really not every vehicle that you get is a lemon. Like not not all lemons are bad, yeah. you know. And yes, some vehicles are lemon. But just because it's a lemon doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad. Yeah. It just means that it's an opportunity to try and fix. Wow. And some of them are unfixable. Okay. Mm -hmm. But... Most of the time you'll see, and um, <clears throat> I've got to share this story. I had a car that was just co-signed for. It was one of the decisions I made in my early 20s. And um, the like the water heater core was going out. It's a $500 fix. And just on impulse, I decided that I would go to the dealership. Like it was, I don't know, I maybe had like six payments before it was paid off. Mm -hmm. And instead of keeping it, um, what I did is I traded up which isn't a horrible idea because when you're right side up, you right. can trade up and still it's not that bad. But instead of like just paying it off and getting it fixed for $500, yep. I got into a loan for like $15,000 right. and, um, you know, had a more expensive payment month to month. 
and the car was traded up. So I've always looked back on that like, man, if, if I would have went back knowing what I know now, and there were some bad decisions that I made and some stuff, and I ended up actually getting that car repoed, and I've recovered from all that, and now my credit is like great, and not that I'm huge on credit and like credit cards and all that, but I'm just saying like I was able to recover from that repo. But what happened, that car that I, that I wanted so bad ended up, you know, getting repoed and I still had to pay the bill on it and I had to get another car. So then I had another bill on top of that bill on top of like school loans. So you know what I mean? So it's, it's like wisdom. And we talked about this is being able to see the consequences of the choices that you make right now. And I want to go back to that other quote and I think we'll land the ship here. Um, you know, is life a lottery ticket that some people just like magically are born with like, you know, they win the lottery or are there choices that we can make? And the answer is yes. There are choices that we can make to live the life that we've always wanted to live. And, uh, you know, and I think a lot of situations that we find ourselves in have been the result if, if you really look deep of good decision, good decision, good decision, bad decision, but then good decision to recover, good decision, good decision, you know, all of these good decisions lead up to like a situation that you want to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Seek. Um, my advice uh, is always seek uh, wise counsel uh, when you're coming, when you're making these decisions. You know, run it, run it um, across somebody that you know, like, and trust, and you value their opinion. Um, and and what I always do when I'm facing a big decision is I run it by somebody that I always I always say this I, I wouldn't take advice from someone that I wouldn't trade my life with. So if if I'm talking about making millions of dollars, if that's not a millionaire that I'm talking to. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that somebody can't give you good sound advice, but if you're going to another level, like talk to people that are doing it, that are living the life that you're, you know, your, ne your next step. So I would always say seek counsel, man. Uh, for me, that's a big idea is um, ask somebody that will give you advice and that you know is going to be sound and and it's going to help you but man i'm telling you this this is jam-packed with with some great ahas and so i guess uh we'll go ahead and land the plane man yep. so this was good yeah you guys have a great week thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the one more idea thank podcast. you